Welcome to the podcast to be named later, where we explore the world a conversation at a time. Sit back and enjoy. Here are your hosts, Chris and Kelly. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast to be named later. Finally got a hold of Chris. I guess he's out there in California on that Aaron Rodgers FaceTime plan. So kind of hard to chat with him sometimes, but <laughs> took a little bit of off season and welcome back, Chris. Hey, thanks, Kelly. Glad to be back, bud. Yeah. Enjoy our chats. Missed them. So a lot yeah, going on here in the world of sports. Got all the sports cooking up. Um, let's let's jump right in. NBA, kind of a sad week in Wisconsin here. The Bucks. Yeah, uh, fourth fourth quarter d- debacles. Uh, really, uh, last night's game, uh, you know, at home, um, twelve point favorites. They're the one seed, and uh, not. I, I kind of, you can kind. Jimmy Butler's just unbelievable. First off, let me just start there. That guy is uh, the epitome of what you want to build your franchise around, and. Um, the, the commentators on the uh, TV last night were talking about how instrumental Dwayne Wade was in getting Jimmy Butler there and, uh, you know, how, how passionate Dwayne Wade was about Jimmy Butler and, and just like, hey, man, we got to get this guy. You know, we, you got to find a way to get him in a heat uniform. And um, everything that I've heard about the dude is just – He's just a worker, man, and you know he he has gotten uh, some you know personal accolades, but uh, by all accounts, man, it seems like he don't care nothing about that. The guy just wants to win. So uh, anyway, tip of the cap to Jimmy Butler. Seems like a class dude, uh, you know, a, kind of a blue collar worker superstar. Which you know those those are hard to find, man. The guys that aren't the diva superstars. Um, but uh, really, to me, the story is um, just the, the collapse of the Bucks, man. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just hard to understand. It's hard to explain. It's not hard to understand how the Heat were in the series. Um, and uh, just from a matchup, uh, uh, you know, player by player, um, I'm not surprised that they could compete with the Bucks. But the Bucks are the superior, superior talented team. Um, and I think, uh, you know, when Giannis got hurt, missed a couple games, the Bucks should have been able to play on par with, uh, the, the heat, you know, with Giannis out and Tyler hero, both being out, obviously Giannis is, a, is a much superior player to, to Tyler hero, uh, talking about a league MVP versus, uh, you know, a quality role guy, but, uh, the Bucks are also just more talented rosters, top to bottom. So you know, while uh, that individual player was a bigger loss, I really thought the Bucks would be able to hang with the Heat, even without Giannis. And I just think that that um, kind of lifted the Heat up, man. And they kind of rode the wave. And uh, I mean, eights don't beat ones in the NBA very often, man. I mean, it's, it's not uh, barring a major injury, you know, barring um, you know something that uh, caused the eight seed to, to be where they were, but really they maybe weren't and it shouldn't be an eight, kind of like what's happened in the West this year where, 
you know, some of the teams that are lower seeded really are, are some of the favorites. But yeah, kind of a shocker to me, Kelly. Yeah, the uh, even within the game, the shocker, I don't know if I would call it a shocker because it's happened more than once, is how shooting the how your shooting could go so cold in the fourth quarter. I haven't looked at a full breakdown, but like if we look at the points per quarter or the the missed shots, the Bucks were just abysmal. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They were abysmal in the fourth quarter of several of these games. Yeah, and on the one hand, you you know you guys get cold uh, throughout for stretches all the time, right? So that's that's a normal part of uh, you know it's a small hoop and uh, it's, a lot of times it's pretty far away and. So it's not strange to have stretches where, uh, you know, teams teams might go five, six, seven minutes without scoring at all, without getting a, a single field goal in that time. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a streaky game, right? Teams make runs, and, and it's just how basketball is, is set up. Um, but you can't have it in the fourth quarter, period. That's it. it that your, your cold streak can't happen then. It's just, uh, uh, I, yeah. Um, the I, other, I don't know what to the, say, man. The other thing is, and look, I mean, good dude, great dude all around, and nothing, nothing, haven't really heard anything bad about him, uh, and he seems like a real genuine guy, but um, Giannis has got to work on his free throw shooting. It's be, it's, it's a, it's like a critical flaw that teams can really take advantage of, and uh, I mean that, that's for, that's like turning down free money when you can't hit the free throw. Yeah, and I'm sure he will. Uh, so by all accounts, um, Giannis is is one of the classiest people in all the NBA. I mean, hell, he couldn't even he he didn't doesn't even have to be a buck if he doesn't if he didn't want to be right. So uh, he chose to stay there when when a lot of other superstar people, MVP caliber talent guys. Uh, would would have picked a different location for other personal reasons to work on their brand and to you know ha- have other things outside of basketball more available to him. And uh, you know, I don't know Giannis personally. I say this quite a bit. You know, we you know go out for dinner, but all accounts, man. You know, when when a hundred people say the same thing, I, I at some point you just start to believe him that he is uh, one of the hardest working guys in the NBA. Um, he had to work hard just to get to the NBA, so I think uh, I think he will work on it, man. I think he'll he'll practice and he'll probably shoot ten thousand shots this off season. You know, he's he's that kind of guy. I think it's it's too bad because because that roster as constructed, I, I thought they were the best team in the NBA. I really did, man. I mean, they were the betting favorite down the stretch uh, as the season was winding down. The Bucks were uh, the Bucks and Celtics were both really close, um, but. Uh, you know, I just felt like top to bottom, man, with what they had, that, that they were going to be a really, really hard team to beat. And to get knocked out in the first round is kind of a shocker to me, man. Yeah, I, you know, it, it surprised me. I, I'm not the hugest basketball follower, but I, I know enough and I, I do follow it, especially in the playoffs. But, um, uh, you know, you, I also can't take anything away from the Heat or G, uh, Jimmy Butler in particular. I mean, We've talked about this more than once, Chris. And there are times when, right, some guys just light up at the right time. And that guy's been unreal in this series. I mean, this is kind of what he's 
done throughout his career, though, too. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I, I, you know, I took a second to uh, to pause initially. You know, I mean, obviously, we could talk about the the Bucks, um, you know, faltering down the stretch, but uh, just hats off to, 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 like I said, to Butler, man. I mean, and by all accounts, he's he's just the classiest of guys. Um, and, uh, he, dude, the guy is money, man. He is just money in, in, uh, uh, it was a game four, he, 56, I think he went for, and, you know, I'm watching that game. So I've watched just about, uh, every NBA playoff game so far. Uh, maybe not in, in it's all of them in their entirety, but I, I watched basically that entire game. And it's like, you know, De'Aaron Fox is kind of like that, too. It's just like every time the ball leaves the guy's hands, he, he, I swear the guy shoots 100%. And at the end of the day, you look at the stat line, and it's like, oh, you missed some. But I, I didn't see him, <laughs> you know. That's how I feel about Jenny Butler. It's like no matter what kind of body position he is, no, no matter where he's at on the court or who's in his face, it's like as soon as the ball leaves his hands, you just believe it's going in the hole. And it seems like every time it does. Hey, speaking of body position and – where people are at. I thought about you last night when I was listening to the game. And I'm uh, like, I got to get Chris to describe this. So near the end of the game, there was a foul called, and then they reviewed it all. And uh, I know this happens a lot in games, but then they ended up saying, oh, we're going to do a jump ball, uh, you know, at center court and all that. And, uh, you know, announcers... They've never really broken it down. Can you give us a visual breakdown, Chris? Like, of what's going on when, you know, a tip-off at the game. and the Like, how high does the ref throw the ball? How does he hold it? Where are the players? Give us a breakdown, man. I know I'm putting you on the spot because we didn't talk about this in show prep. But what what can you tell us? What's it like? Uh, Okay, so... uh... They, you know, basically uh, you pair off, right? So there's going to be two guys who jump to start the game or uh, when they offer up any two. So sometimes in that situation wasn't any two. So usually if there's a, a, a jump ball situation, like a held ball, uh, the, the refs will put two, two thumbs up and they'll say, hey, man, it's, it's both guys had possession simultaneously. So uh, we're going to reset this. And now those two guys who they're saying had possession, those two guys have to jump. And you could have a little guy against a big guy in that situation. To start the game, um, or in this situation, when nobody had possession of it, uh, any two guys from your team, you could just pick your tallest guy or your best jumper or whoever you, you think your, your best representative is. So those two guys line up, uh, you know, facing each other. Very, very looks very similar to a face-off in the NHL. NHL. Um, only difference is the puck they drop on the ground, and the basketball they throw up in the air. But other than that, uh, those two guys are facing each other, and then there's a, a circle that's made around them, and guys kind of jockey for position, you know, where they want to stand. And um, but generally, it's a representative from each team, kind of partnered up uh from a rep with a representative from the other team and you know they, obviously they practice this and there's a plan and and each each guy who knows who he wants to tip the ball to and and where he wants to tip it if he can get if you know if he's the guy who can jump the highest and get his so hands on it let's take a pause right there and i'm just gonna ask you a question about something you said in this of the guys circling around like is it one guy from each team like 
let's say, if we're in a circle, is it Kelly from the Bucks and then Chris from insert a California team standing next to each other? Or is yes. it, okay. And do, is it a 360 all the way around the circle? I mean, there's only four guys left on each team, right? So there's eight guys, and, and they're and they're and they're in groups of two close to each other. So there's a gap. So let's say the circle, the full, the the diameter of the circle is ten feet. Okay, so they're they're uh, maybe twelve feet. Okay, so so the radius would be like six feet, let's say. Okay, and then um, you'd have uh, you know you and I standing six feet away, but facing each other. You know. And then there's going to be like a little gap, right? So there's it might be six feet until we get to the next group of two, and uh, um, and the, the two guys that are going to be jumping are they facing? Uh, they're facing each other, but are they like looking towards the backboards at each end of the court, or facing which way? Yeah, so that yeah, they'd be kind of yeah, you'd be like defending your own goal basically. You know, and where's like the very similar to a uh, to be honest with you, Kelly, I actually don't know the I'm, I'm sure there's rules of, of uh, you know, just like a face off in the NFL. So, you know, you're going to be on the right because you're defending this goal and you're going to be on the left. Right. So, uh, you know, when a face off happens, um, you know, each team is on its side. You know what I'm saying? For the yeah. most part. But but there's guys on the opposing side, obviously, because there's a circle. But. But I, I don't know what the rules are. If you have to have two guys, you know, behind your your tip guy or three guys, or, or I don't know how that all works. To be honest with you, Kelly, where's the ref in all this? Well, the the, the guy who's throwing the ball is in the middle, so he's standing. Uh, uh, the two guys are basically facing each other. They're a little cockeyed, you know what I mean? Because they want to jump, and you know they're not like exactly like facing each other perfectly parallel to each other, but. Um, the ref is in the middle, and he's gonna toss the ball up, and the ball goes up uh, maybe maybe the full ten feet. Usually, it doesn't. He doesn't throw it up very high, so he just throws it basically high enough that would be uh, just to that the the top of their reaching ability. So, you know, which maybe, way is he facing? One of the sidelines? Yeah, yeah. So face he's facing the two guys. You know, they're facing each other, and then he's kind of perpendicular to them. And how does he hold the ball when he starts? Like, and how does he two throw hands. it? Two like hands. Two hands. Underhand? He does the, or? No, no. He, he Two hands above his head, and he just kind of tosses it up like he's setting a volleyball for a, for a, a slam. You know, he's got the, the ball in his fingertips over his head, and he kind of throws it. He tries to throw it as straight in the air as he can so it doesn't favor one side or the other. And generally speaking, have you ever seen anything really wacky happen? Like, it just... Totally goes to one team. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I've definitely seen some wacky stuff. There was actually one in the um, uh, the Warrior uh, Kings game last night that was really goofy. So sometimes Manny throws the ball up, they both jump and swipe and miss at it, and then the ball just falls on the ground. <laughs> they, both, they both miss it, <laughs> and then there's some rules associated with that. And actually, the Warriors got away with one a little bit. So. Uh, and the guy again. I don't know. I, I I'm not a rules of uh, expert on all things uh, NBA, you know. But uh, the guy who's jumping the ball can't get the possession of the ball unless, like, you can't just jump jump up and like grab the ball and take off and run with it. You you have to tip it to somebody else. But once somebody else has touched it, now you can get it back. And there's some rules that way, right? So in the Warriors game, there was a goofy one where it was uh, Gary Payton Jr. 
God, I can't remember who he was jumping against, but but anyway, uh, Gary Payton Jr. goes up. They both like miss the ball, you know, and uh, he tips it. And then the ball's just like laying on the ground. Nobody gets it. And so Gary Payton Jr. goes and jumped and jumps on the ball. Well, you can't like tip it to yourself. You have to tip it to a teammate. Now, once someone else has touched it, now you're now you can get back in the action again. So someone else, if it grazes somebody's hand on the way to the ground, somebody else other than you, now you know that counts as a touch and now you're free to go get possession of it if you want. And that's what they ruled in the Warriors game that that Steph Curry had touched the ball, but he, he never did. And so Gary Payton basically tipped the ball to himself, and that's against the rules, I guess. And so um, that was it was just a goofy looking one, man, where like they jump up and the ball just like falls on the ground. And uh, that that one that you're describing, that whole play, um, if you want, I can kind of outline some of the 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 whole the whole play that led up to that was really strange, man, because um, originally they called a foul. Yes. And uh, on Lowry, I think it was. Yes. And. Uh, basically, it was a, a kind of an errant pass, and then Middleton and Lowry both go running for the ball, and they both have kind of an equal shot at it. Middleton had a little head start, so um, they're in the half court, and Middleton is a little bit uh, like closer to the half court line than Lowry is. Lowry's a little bit closer to the basket, you know, on that side. And so he had like a half a step lead, and then the but the pass was way uh, towards the half court. So Middleton had like a half a step like advantage, but Lowry reacted really fast, and so Middleton had tipped it, but it was like just outside of his reach, you know. And so now this ball is just kind of free, and Middleton and uh, Lowry both go running after it. And at that point, you, both players have equal rights to that ball you know it's kind of like a, a pass in the nfl you know once the ball's in the air the defender and the um uh, receiver they both they both have equal rights to go get it and if in the process if i'm a defender if in the process of going and trying to catch the ball i make body contact with you you know what i mean we bump into each as long as i'm not shoving you or like attacking your body directly if i inadvertently um affect your body uh, that's okay because I'm going for the ball. Like I have a right to this, and uh, I can kind of uh, uh, put my body in the way of yours in order to, you know, catch the ball or, or in basketball go get the ball, right? Get possession of the ball. And and uh, Lowry and Middleton go after the ball. Um, if anything, you know, Middleton kind of fouled Lowry. If I'm being honest, and I, I mean I was rooting for the Bucks, so you know what I mean. It's, it's not a biased call. I mean, you know. Middleton kind of swiped at him where Lowry was clearly just going for the ball and uh, they called a foul on Lowry reviewed it ended up um, you know saying hey you know there's we're just going to call no foul on here and jump it up and then uh, so they get a jump ball and Brooke Lopez um, jumped up against uh, Bam out of Bayou and uh, got a very clean uh, tip got it to Giannis and this is kind of a reflection of uh, you know, all of Giannis's, um, this is just another area that it showed itself. His, his struggles at the free throw line affected this play significantly. So uh, Brooke got a really clean uh, hand on the ball and he had full control of the ball. He tipped it to Giannis. Where Giannis got the ball, there was all kinds of space. He, there, you know, there was no one within three or four feet of him. And 
he could have churned and just started to dribble. And there was uh, six seconds left, seven seconds left or something like that at that point. And uh, he could have he just, like, st- took off and started running with it. But he, he didn't want to. So, so uh, Giannis basically played hot potato at that point where uh, Brooke, Brooke Lopez um, tips it to him. Giannis has, like, good space around him. There's 30 feet that he could run around towards, like, the baseline. I mean, he could have just run around for a, for a little while, definitely, like, a second, second and a half, two seconds, three seconds, who knows. But Giannis didn't want that ball at all. And so Brooke Lopez tips it to Giannis. Giannis gets possession and just hot potatoes it over to Middleton and with some fire behind it. Middleton made a f- f- fabulous play to save it because Giannis was throwing that ball out of bounds. I mean, he meant to throw it to Middleton, but it was a terrible pass, and the ball was heading straight out of bounds. Uh, Middleton had to make a diving play to save the ball from going out of bounds. And uh, he ended up getting it to Holiday barely, and then Holiday was fouled. And, and, you know, they were able to take, like, let's say two seconds off the clock or something in all that process. But if Giannis wasn't so afraid of shooting free throws, and if he wasn't, you know, if your superstar MVP caliber guy doesn't, you know, if he would have wanted the ball at the end of the game, Giannis might have been able to really close to, to run out the clock by himself, you know, or at least, like, run around for a second or two and then throw it to Middleton, you know, with a little better pass. But um, because he hot potatoed it so fast and made a bad pass, it was just a, a really ugly looking play, which you know, which is too bad because Brooke Lopez had a really clean jump on it. So before we leave basketball, uh, give us a breakdown of one other thing, man. Just because we're we're here, and I noticed uh, on the radio broadcast and just. Uh, right around that time as well, when Miami was inbounding the ball one time, uh, the announcer said anyway that one of the players that was guarding the inbound was like doing jumping jacks in front of the player. Yeah. Uh, what kind of stuff goes on? Uh, again, just give us that breakdown of what the inbound, you know, inbound experience is like and what's going on with everybody. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it'd be pretty tough. So, uh, I mean, the, these are professionals, right? And they've done this, I, I mean, I don't know, 10,000 times, 100,000 times. I can't even guess, like, all, all through their lives. But I'll tell you what, man, it'd be pretty tough to have a, you know, six foot eight to seven foot guy with, you know, seven or eight foot wingspans and, and, you know, all these limbs flying everywhere. So basically, the guy, well, he's trying to do two things. One, he's trying to um, deflect the ball. So, you know, I'm trying to throw – let's say I'm, I'm the inboundser, right, and I'm trying to get the ball into one of my guys. And then I got this giant human in front of me swinging his arms everywhere and jumping up and down and just uh, – so, so one, he's trying to tip it so, you know, the ball doesn't go to where I, I plan on throwing it. Oh, and two, he's trying to block my vision, right, so I can't get a clear look of, uh, of where, you know, everyone's moving around and, and see the passing lanes and stuff. So, uh, yeah, he's trying to block his line of sight, and then he's trying to, you know, get a foot or a finger or anything he can on the ball when, when I release it. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> there can't be a lot of room, <laughs> you know. So on, like, a, a made basket, you have the freedom to run the baseline. So, so now I can move, you know, right and left. And, uh, but most out of bounds plays, you can't, your state, you have to, your, your feet have to stay in the little box that the referee tells you. And so I'm, I'm stationary, but the other guy, uh, can, 
you know, jump from side to side and everything and, and try to try to block it. And, and yeah, they look like jumping jacks, man. You're just like literally flailing about. You're just jumping up and down and, and trying to make yourself as big as you can, like you ran into a bear in the woods or something. So if you didn't know it was a game and there was no ball, would, would, would you say that visually it looks kind of crazy and chaotic? Yeah, you you talking about basketball as a whole, or are you talking about the no, just play? the guy flailing around? Yes, <laughs> it looks pretty funny, dude. That, they're not concerned about, uh, yeah, w- w- you know, looking like a fool or not, because uh, most of the time you, you look; those guys look pretty ridiculous, you know, just flailing about. Well, we'll see where the Heat and everybody else ends up in the NBA. Uh, you know, a couple more months of playoffs. Uh, I, I we're really curious to see how the Heat come uh, in their next series. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got a superstar player. Uh, I, I I tend to believe. I think it was like I kind of made mention of. You know, basketball especially is is real heavy about matchups, and uh, you know, each time a team scores, the other team gets the ball, and you know, you see this a ton in college where. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the old Michael Jordan effect. Like every time we go down, we have a guy who can score every time, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. So then, you know, no matter how good your team defense or whatever is, you know, we got Michael Jordan. And so, you know, we're going to go get two or three points like almost every time that we have the ball. And uh, occasionally you have um, situations where there's just uh, uh, teams don't match up well against each other because uh, defensively a team – just doesn't have an answer for this guy we don't have a a physically capable guy either we have big guys who can body him up and and can handle him physically from like a brute strength standpoint but they're not fast enough to keep up with him or we have fast guys but but they're too little to to you know he can just shoot over them and stuff that's why kevin durant is is who he is he's because nobody can guard him there's just nothing you can do about a guy who can jump that high and shoot that well and run that well he you know he can drive he can shoot he, he can just do everything and so uh the, you know guys like him are just undefendable there's nothing you can do to to put there's no one guy that can guard that guy and uh um i think the heat you know came up as, as odd as it is because the bucks were the one seed in a really good basketball team I, I i just don't think they had an answer for what uh the heat were doing whereas you know other teams in the east might be better equipped well, like I said, the NBA will move on to the next uh, series for a lot of these things. Uh, in the world of sports, a lot of next for the NFL. Got Aaron Rodgers going to his next team. We've got Jordan Love becoming the next starting Packers quarterback. We've got, you know, at least seven players for every team uh, or someplace going to the next phase of their career from college to pro. And we've also got, you know, every time you draft new players into the league, uh, a lot of, un, you know, you don't hear as much about this, but if you bring in seven new ones in, uh, plus free agents and everything else, it also means another group are going on to the next part of their life outside of the NFL. So a lot of necks there too. 
Yeah, hey, I'm curious, man. I want to get your take, Kelly. Uh, give give uh, give our listeners your take on the compensation package. Uh, you familiar with what? Oh what yeah. Was uh... I mean, I think that was you know that whole. It's interesting. I I mean I I I was ready for the drama of the whole thing to be done. Um. I like stories in sports, but this story, A, as a Packer fan, I've seen it once before. So uh, how do you figure that the Hall of Fame quarterback twice in a row for the Packers goes to the Jets? Compensation-wise, I think, you know, the Packers got about as good as you can expect, right? Let's be clear. Aaron Rodgers is 38 or 39. Yes, he had Hall of Fame year or uh, MVP years. This last year, not just his fault. Uh, it was a down, but down. And um, we'll see. You know, they got a draft pick here. Uh, really, uh, the most interesting piece of the draft or the compensation part of the draft uh, is. As long as Aaron starts 65% of the snaps this season, no matter whether he plays next year or not, Packers get the Jets' first-round pick next year. That, and I know one of the holding points, at least from what you hear, was, you know, the Jets really wanted to guarantee that he'd play more than a year. Yeah, I, I I thought everything was fair, man, and and I like the conditional picks. I I, I just think that's a great way uh, to facilitate um, trades. Is like, hey, man, you know, there there's there's unknowns, right? You know, and so uh, we want we want some peace of mind, you know, given the fact that that we're we don't know exactly what we're gonna get, we don't know exactly, uh, you know, how this is gonna work out for us. But if it works out this way, we'd be really happy. And if we knew for sure it was going to work out this way, we'd be willing to give up a, a first-round pick. But uh, if it doesn't work out that way, then we don't want to, you know, we don't want to give up a first-round pick. And and so the conditional picks just, you know, they make that happen. And, and I think it's brilliant. You know, hey, you, you're going to get a second no matter what. But if he pays 65% of the snaps, you get a first. And so I, I don't. Uh, I, I'm just. I'm. These conditional picks should be, you know, even more prevalent than they are, right? It's, it's I think a, they're, I think they're great, um, right? It's, hey man, especially with some of these trades. I mean, you want to keep the league competitive and interesting, and I think this is a reasonable thing. What's also interesting to me on all of this, Chris, is, wow, I mean, just two years ago the Jets picked a starting quarterback and. A couple years before that, they picked one. Well, they've been picking starting quarterbacks since Namath was there, dude. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, they've been. Uh, we haven't I, had I mean, that they've been looking for one for Green their Bay for thirty years, thirty-one years. I hope we don't have it again. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, if uh, go, uh, if Jordan Love goes on to have uh, an all-time great, you know top 10 quarterback all-time kind of career and, and wins us a Super Bowl in, in two or three years. And if 15 years from now the Jets want him, I'd, I'd be happy to do this a third time. So, you know, we had a good run with Brett Favre, um, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He was great for the league as a whole, um, great to expand the Packers fan base. And, 
you know, it, it was just fun to be a Packer fan while, while Brett Favre was there. And then Aaron Rodgers came in. He's, uh, you know, hard, he's one of he, he might be the best passer of the football in, in NFL history. He's one of them, man. I mean, he he is an incredible, or what you know, had been an incredible quarterback, um, multi-time league MVP, and and uh, did get the one Super Bowl and everything. So you know, we can keep doing this as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, hey man, you know you want to follow the path to New York. I'll I'll be curious to see how it all works out. Um, Going to make football interesting uh, in the fall. Another one of these big stories. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, drafts in a few hours. Uh, I've got a huge, I, honestly, the amount of uh, writing on mock drafts. I read a few, a little of it, but. I like to say just let it play out and then react. Yeah, agreed. But you know, I mean, NFL, they, <laughs> you know, it's just it's <laughs> you know even for weeks after the season ended, it, it, you know, you're always going to talk about the NFL, man. I mean, it's just uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, you know, dive in deep and and yeah, but the Todd McShays and the and the Mel Kuypers and it's like, I guess, I mean, I don't know, I, I you know. Uh, I, you got to talk about something, I guess. Um, but yeah, until, until the guy's picked, uh, let's just wait and see what happens. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's entertainment. And I think the interesting thing, or one of them here is that, uh, you just still don't know, even with all the resources and money and everything else that gets put into all this, you just don't know. No, and then you don't you don't even know who's you don't know who's going to be picked. You don't know what teams are thinking. Uh, there's always deals, right? So uh, you don't know, like you know, take the Texans for instance, man. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer. You know, if anyone wants to give me a shot at being a GM, like I, I feel like I got a, a good plan. And um, a team like the Texans, you know, that uh, trading back in this draft and picking up additional capital. Um, isn't a bad idea in my mind. And I think you can uh, build a team. You know, you, you look at the, what the Seahawks did, um, you know, what the um, Philadelphia Eagles um, have done. You know, now they just had to pay their quarterback, and, he, you know, and rightfully so, he got a really nice contract. And good on Jalen Hurts, man. He, I feel like he earned it. But uh, you can build a team first and get the quarterback later. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers just just moved. You know, there, uh, Tom Brady went to the Bucks. You know, uh, Peyton Manning went to to the Broncos. I mean, you can get a, a Hall of Fame quarterback late. You know, build your team first, and when you have as many needs as the as the Texans do now, if you have a championship ready team and and you're a cog or two away, if you're the Buffalo Bills or something, um, you know, maybe you don't need seven or eight players. So, you know, you might as well just pick the one guy that you need at your spot at, you know, at pick number, you know, 28 or whatever and and try and, you know, maybe fill the other hole via free agency or something. But a team like the Texans needs a whole roster full of guys. And the more guys you can get on the cheap, the more guys you can get locked up on, on rookie contracts, uh, the better position you're in to make a, a splash in free agency, say, four years from now, three years from now, four years from now, right? And uh, I, I don't know, you know, what they're thinking. Um, obviously, you, you always have to have a quarterback to win. But in my mind, you don't have to always get that quarterback, you know, with a high draft choice. 
you know so I, I we'll see we'll see what teams decide to do man i'll be definitely interested to see the mentality of, of you know what some of these gms and, and these teams are, are thinking heading into tonight no i think what you, one of the things that you just said is what i i firmly believe in the more draft picks you can stack up here uh, the better for your team, especially with the way the NFL is now, and you get the cost certainty of salaries for those four years and everything else. Um, and every team has got a different model, so we'll see. And, uh, you know, we'll probably talk more about what we see after uh, the uh, draft, unless there's any huge things that jump out at you that you want to mention about what you're looking forward to or expecting out of the draft i don't have a strong opinion yet no i mean i, I just want to play it out i, uh, I want to see you know because um the draft experience as a whole you know just following it um generally that first round's kind of cool because they'll give you a recap uh you know as each team comes on the clock you know generally speaking each team milks their clock all the way down to the final second even though you know they knew the who they were picking the whole time they, they want all their time in this in the spotlight right so uh usually the um guys that are covering it do a great job of talking about uh you know who left who was signed in free agency um you know who's aging who you know they, they give you a, a kind of a recap of the team as a whole and um that part i like you know kind of kind of gives you a, a synopsis of each individual uh, franchise and and where they're at and what they might be looking for and, and a lot of it's speculation based on you know who they might pick but but you also pick up a lot of information as far as movement of uh, you know player movement and um uh so i like it you know what i mean kind of catches me up a little bit gives me a little little uh refresher course on all things nfl you know and there, there's some movement that took place during free agency that you know I follow the Packers, but I don't. I don't do all thirty-two teams. So no, I, I like I. To the extent I watch the draft stuff, I like it for that very reason. It's like okay, this is what happened over the last four months. Thanks for catching me up. Yeah, and you get to hear some of these backstories. I mean, you know, the the one thing we should really be celebrating is uh, the young men who are about to uh, embark on their dreams. You know, and this is what they've worked their whole life for, man, and. Um, you know, uh, the glory that they're going to get and the money that they're going to get and all of that. Um, you know, this is, uh, you know, Olympic athletes do it and, they, and uh, generally don't have the prize at the end that the NFL players do. You know, they don't, they don't get the financial compensation. But, you know, these are individuals that have worked, you know, the majority of their life at, for, for a specific goal. And now this is their chance, man. They're going to realize their dreams, you know, tonight. And over the next couple of days where, uh, you know, all, all the time in the weight room, you know, probably uh, physical therapy along the way, you know, they've sustained injuries, they've, um, you know, learned and grown and grown and um, developed their craft and, and all of that. And now uh, they're on the cusp of, of realizing their dreams, man. And, and, and that's, a, that's something we should celebrate, you know, it's, uh, and, and the, the reality is most of these guys uh, will We'll do great things with them, man. A lot of these guys uh, uh, give back to the communities and, and end up being, you know, great human beings. Every once in a while, there's a bad apple for sure, you know, and, and media tends to focus on that. And, and sometimes, you know, that gets more attention than the other stuff. But the reality is most of these guys are good dudes, man. And, and they're, um, like I said, about to realize a dream. And that's that's exciting. Yeah, like I've said several times, I like the stories of sports and 
even if the plot is the same year after year, the individual characters and stories that are, are, are happening, they're all unique. And I think it's, uh, look, all these people started out, you know, just whatever they were, average whatever person just doing this. And yeah, they have an incredible talent that society finds of value. And to see, I mean, when you see these guys getting drafted, you can hear the, and probably see them on their face, the joy of, you know, I got there. And I, I will always find that compelling. Yeah, man. They, you, you know, a lot of times they'll take you to the living room and you'll see, you know, we all have mothers and fathers, right? And um, anywhere, anywhere you go in your life, you know, you're going to have a, a support staff or something that, that has helped you along the way. You're going to have, you know, an uncle or, or like a brother or somebody who has had to help carry your, your weight for you at points in your life. And, and for these guys, uh, you know, to, to see their moms, you know, see, see their son or, or, or their fathers, you know, the, the guy who was out there, you know, throwing footballs to him, you know, every, every weekday after school or, or, uh, taking them to, you know, the park to, to work on this or that. And, um, you know, it's a celebration for the whole family and, and, uh, yeah, that's cool, man. I, I like people. I like, I like stories. I, I like, you know, uh, I like it when good things happen to people, you know, even if it's not someone I know, I just, you know, it's, it still makes me feel good inside. And, and so, uh, this, you know, that's what I focus on. For, for for today, you know, like just seeing the joy in, in mothers and fathers and brothers' faces, <laughs> and sometimes you know, sometimes they're hanger on crews that are just like we're rich, <laughs> and so uh, you know, everyone's happy, maybe for different reasons, <laughs> but uh, you know, mom's about to get that new house, you know, and um, you know, a lot of these guys, dude, in the NFL, come from pretty humble places, and and uh, you know, this this is you know family life change you know they're changing they're changing the lives of everyone with that same last name you know and and a lot of times for generations to come and um you know that's it's, it's like winning the lottery dude <laughs> you know but uh uh you know i like seeing the joy on on all the families and stuff and i, I just you know like i said i focus on the celebrations that happen yeah so we'll see we'll see what comes out of it i i, I do as well uh speaking about focusing on things uh, big change in baseball. A little more emphasis on focusing on the game instead of batter adjusting his gloves or stepping around the box and digging holes with this new pitch clock. Yeah, you said you've been to a couple games, man, and and uh, from what you were saying, you you really like it, man, and it has uh, upgraded your overall experience. Yeah, it's been. I was at a Brewer game yesterday, actually, and uh, their home opener. And uh, I will tell you, just the flow of the game is much faster. It's not about the time as much as just the action. There's something happening more. I, I didn't ever really care how long a baseball game took. I'm there to have an enjoyable time in the sun with friends or family. So I'm okay with that part. But the thing that it really struck me is just how quickly the action moves now, pitch after pitch, or 
in between innings. They, you know, they've got a certain amount of time. I think it's two minutes to get going. And, you know, two minutes and that first pitch is thrown. Um, so I, I like it. And I also like, uh, you know, the other big change they made is no more of the shift where you can put all your out, uh, infielders on one side of the diamond. I mean, I don't want to sit there and just watch a pitcher and catcher play catch with each other. Put the ball in action uh, and all that. Yeah, uh, you know, you and I were talking off air, man. I feel, I think like most people feel like you do. I mean, you know, there's sometimes there's just the crusty old men that just are so stubborn just for the sake of being stubborn. Um, you know, not very open-minded and, and uh, you know, people don't like change as a, kind of a general statement. Um, and uh, just for the sake of fighting it, they, you know, they want to cross their arms and scowl on their face, you know, and, uh, but most people who, who are being objective uh, have all been a fan of the changes. You know, and I will say this, even though it happens a lot more, especially when you're at a game, there's still something electric. Uh, and probably it's true for a goal in hockey, uh, obviously a touchdown in football, but there's something still electric about a home run. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, man, uh, to, you know, have 30 to 60,000 people uh, all feel something at once you know we've talked about this and other things that you know at, at concerts and and there's just you know there's moments that take place where you know all of us are are in unison and uh yeah you can feel it man i mean you can just feel the energy had a couple in the game i was at yesterday and i was just thinking about it you know i've been to a fair number of baseball games over my life and but like i said man there's just something about it um uh the crack of the bat uh, and, uh, you know, there's poets who have said all this a lot better than me, but uh, just that whole home crowd just getting up and cheering, even, you know, uh, it's just it's one of the things I why I like going to baseball is just for kind of that crowd sensation. Uh, obviously, the season's really long, and it's only April, so, uh, you know, we'll check in and, about September and see where every team is. Yeah, baseball don't mess around, man. They, you know, they they string her out. <laughs> uh, you know, hockey, hockey's uh, finally, you know, uh, gotten gotten to their playoffs and they're rolling. And basketball, you know, they're they're into their playoffs and and uh, you know, there's a couple teams that have already advanced. Um, and uh, you know, now with the draft happening, I mean, it's a pretty exciting time. Ba- baseball's in there too. You know, it's just uh, you know, it's a long season, man, and and so they're just kind of getting started. And baseball's the kind of thing that you can, you know, some people are very passionate, man, and they watch their their home team or, or their favorite team, you know, regularly throughout the season, and and might catch, you know, a hundred games over the season because that's that's you know that's who they are and what they're about. Um, for me, with baseball, I'm a casual fan, and you know, I'll keep an eye on the standings and. Uh, you know, check in from time to time, but you know, there's it's a marathon, man. I'm kind of a I keep it on in the background, like going to a few games a year, and then dial it up as uh, the season gets longer or further in. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way, man. I mean, once you know, once playoffs starts, I, I watch just about every game. Basketball is kind of the same thing for me, man. I, I, you know, might catch a game or two over the course of the season, and then uh, you know, as things start coming uh, towards playoff, you know, usually there's a race or two happening, so I might pick up uh, a couple more games just to see what happens with seedings and, and who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. And then once the playoffs are going, I watch basically every game. Um, I record them all. And uh, sometimes, like last night, there was multiple games happening at once, and, and um, the uh, Warriors-Kings is, is a really good series. Um, and then, But obviously, I was tuned in to what the Bucks were doing, and both games were happening at the same time. So, you know, DVR is great, baby. <laughs> you know, he can uh, – uh, I just have to make sure I don't look at my phone and, and don't catch any updates, you know, from, from like notifications from ESPN or anything. But but uh, as long as you're just on the DVR, you can hop back and forth from game to game, fast forward through the commercials and not miss any of the action. And uh, especially, you know, at the end of the games, man, there's a lot of dead time. So – um, yeah, so I'll, I'll hop from one game to the next and, and, you know, watch the action. And then once they go to commercial, I'll hop to the other game and, um, yeah, it makes it fun, man. And so, uh, I do think this is, that's the exciting thing about sports during certain times of the year where, you know, everything that's going on has consequence and like the games, I, you know, I mean, Hey, the truth is sometimes the game in April in baseball matters as much as the game in September, Right, if you finish one game out of first and don't make the playoffs because of it, but the reality is that as human beings, I mean, we all, you know, that loss in April is not going to worry as much as the one in September. So that's why the playoffs, and when you got it going on in multiple sports, that's why I like it when basketball and hockey both have it going on. There's just action. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there it'll start you know, slowly winding down, but right early in the playoffs, like, the, you know, over this past week and even, you know, even for the next, you know, a uh, couple weeks. Um, yeah, man, between, if you, you know, if you follow hockey and basketball, it's, it's full-time job, dude. So uh, there are, there are games everywhere starting um, Pacific time. So starting around four o'clock, it's, there's something happening on multiple channels. Um, again, that's why the DVR is awesome. So you just record it all and, and pick what you want to watch um there's been some pretty crazy on uh, back-to-back nights uh teams came back from a four to one uh deficit to win yeah and uh you know the <laughs> actually I, I was on the wrong side of one of them i had a bet a bet on the uh, tampa bay lightning on one of the games and it was uh four to one with um i want to say there was like 11 minutes to go in the third period so they're they're halfway through the the third period and uh, they're up four to one, and and ended up losing. <laughs> so it's like, man, this doesn't even this doesn't even feel possible in hockey, you know. So uh, yeah, it's been some good action. Well, we've had some good conversation on this episode of the podcast of a name later. Really glad to finally get a whole, uh, catch up with you, Chris. Uh, stay off that Aaron Rodgers Facetime only call plan, please. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm happy to talk with you too, dude. It feels like it's been a little while, you know. Uh, you and I tend to to focus heavy on the sports, and um, you know, there's little periods of the year where you kind you kind of just hit lulls, and there's just not a ton going on. Uh, there's always something, but you know, uh, now it doesn't feel like that, man. Now it feels like we do have a, a quite a bit going on. So, uh, yeah, I'll tune into the draft tonight, man, and, and hopefully you and I can catch up again soon, man. That we'll keep advancing through the. Uh, the various playoffs and um 
you know, maybe we'll have some stuff to talk about. I'm sure there'll be some some stuff that happens tonight at the draft that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what it is. Always is. All right, Chris, thanks to you. Have a great week, and thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, podcast to be named later. Thanks, Kelly.